Welcome to Blink of an Eye, where we interview thought leaders and deep thinkers on trauma healing wisdom, both ancient and modern, as we learn together with experts from around the world. We also engage in captivating relational conversations with spinal cord injury heroes and innovators in our Dear Louise series. Out of one mom's trauma to integration story, Blink of an Eye brings you a collection of unparalleled and diverse views as we take you on an inspiring and unvarnished look at the true nature of trauma in all our lives. Today's episode is part of our Trauma Healing Learning Series, where we meet with esteemed experts, doctors, therapists, and healers to learn essential wisdom and practical methods, both ancient and modern, to consider in our collective trauma healing journey. This episode is sponsored by Blink of an Eye Nonprofit and by Baltimore Mediation. Blink of an Eye Nonprofit is filling a gap nationwide in response to spinal cord injury trauma for families in the first hours and days of injury. With fewer than 20 hospitals in the country having SEI expertise, believing in what is possible and in human capacity, Blink of an Eye has navigators who themselves have been there as SEI survivors and who are trained in relational approaches to trauma, who are available 24-7 to support families, empowering them on their journeys, navigating their lives, and interacting with medical staff for the first 30 days. The nonprofit's mission is to transform the SCI crisis experience into an extraordinary one, despite the devastation. When you learn of a newly injured SCI family, call Blink of an Eye on their toll-free number, 1-844-41-BLINK. You can also learn more and get involved with Blink of an Eye at www.blinkofaneye.org. This episode is sponsored by Baltimore Mediation. Baltimore Mediation has served clients worldwide by facilitating negotiation breakthroughs, believing in their capacity for meaningful face-to-face dialogue. You can learn more at baltimoremediation.com. Our trauma healing learning conversation today is with Angelo Molino, an Italian composer who has dedicated the latter part of his illustrious career to using sound to heal physical and emotional trauma. I am blessed to be talking today with Angelo Molino. Angelo is a concert pianist, a world-class composer, and internationally recognized wellness expert. He is the author of a book, Music Therapy, A Look Into the World of Healing Sound. And he is the co-director of the Athena Project. Welcome, Angelo. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be part of your podcast, Luis. It's a great day. With your mission to be to help others, and I know you speak about each of us has a sound identity. Can you tell us first about Angelo Molino's sound identity with your 
Italian background and heritage. Thank you. Um, that is a particular speech because um, I was grown in a musician's family, in a family of artists. The real legend of the music in my family is my father. My father was a famous composer. You can listen from his music everywhere because everyone knows the soundtrack of the movie, The Godfather, from Francisco Ford Coppola, Marlon Brando. My father was uh, one of the team of the composers, but the, the main team, La Piano, that is from my father. And uh, the first Romeo and Juliet, 1972, with the uh, maestro Franco Zeffirelli like a director. That is another incredible uh, theme, love theme, a reprise to Harry Mancini and other composers later. <laughs> That is a little bit a measure of who was my father. <laughs> but like a family man, my father was totally different. He was not a person that filled the home with music. When we stay at home, apart to study the guitar, he was a guitarist. Uh, we have only our smiles, our laughing with my mom, with my sister. And uh, I grew to really free in the sense that I was totally not forced to be a musician or to be something like him. When I start to grow, my father said, this is the guitar, these are the instruments. If you want to play with it, you can do it. It's your choice, I don't force you. No, it was fantastic, this thing. And this is my advice to every family. If uh, your son wants to go to play football, to play baseball, and uh, don't want to play an instrument, it's fine, believe me. Don't force him because you cannot achieve anything. When I was only a teacher, uh, I had a lot of uh, students that I advised, okay, this is not your thing. <laughs> Because you have to be honest. We are, fortunately, thanks to God, all different. With different attitudes, different talents, mm -hmm. different wishes. So with this family that gave you the freedom to find if you loved music or you loved baseball, how was it that you chose your inclination to move towards music and created your own sound identity? That is another point of, of turning of the life of a person. I was, I think, around six or seven because I have this precious memory. I start to play with the guitars of my father, but the guitar is hard, you know? When you, you cannot know how to play, you push on the strings and for a little child, you know, it's hurting, there is a pain. And immediately I take off of that toy. I reach the piano, pushing the, the keys, piano play. And for me, it was a discovery. Oh, wow, this thing can do something, can sound. Yes, immediately, without having to know the frets and the yes. bars. My father asked me if I want to try really, totally free, I tell you again, treat me like a little, a little adult people, person. I say, I want to play with this thing. And that was the starting of a thing that accompanied me till now. <laughs> Beautiful. What What is it that you are looking for in other people with regard to what you refer to as a sound identity? Yes, this is uh, something that is deep because every time that I have to know a new person, we can say client because we don't work with the music therapy only on the clinical side. We can help to stand or the stress or the daily life problems or work and then maybe family relationships, you know. During the first interview, we start to talk freely about music. Only that. 
what you like, listen to, you prefer, because this is another common way to say that I think that is important. There is not a lot of genres in the music. Classical music, soul, jazz, pop, rock. There is only two kinds of music. The music that you like and the music that you don't like. (laughs) (laughs) To the end, going on the core of the question is that. Because music is something personal in a way that you can change your personal sound identity from one hour to another. If I want to relax, maybe I want to listen to classical music. If I need energy, I want to listen to hard rock. Uh, if I need inspiration, maybe I want to listen from love pop songs. This is for me. Another person could be the opposite. I knew, I know surgeons that works with the heavy metal. They operate the patient with heavy metal. Imagine for somebody can be disturbing this. But in this case, I, I had a pair friend that said I can focus only listening to that guitars. Imagine. It's totally personal. This is beautiful because we are a, a rainbow, no? Yes, I love that. You have that throughout your work, this very holistic approach to people as well as to music and to sound and what people gravitate towards. And I'm wondering about this holistic approach that you take is that what you also then bring to your view of healing, physically, mentally, and spiritually? That is fantastic, I have to tell you. Because in our personal bubble, we are a common system. We are a, an entity. Like in the psychology uh, philosophy, we say gestalt. Gestalt, it means that we are an entire whole system. It's not mind the mind that is disconnected from the heart, disconnected from the body, disconnected from the soul. No, totally no. Like when you have a a psychological bad moment, you can have cramps on the stomach. It's the same thing. The body reacts, the soul reacts to to the body. The mind tries to control everything, but it's impossible, (laughs) the rational mind. And the heart is our engine. But it's our engine, really, not only because it's a, a machine that pumps the blood into the circulation. Our heart is something that controls our hormones, our production of neuro resilience, or uh, the way to mirror what we say, what we see, and what we hear. We are a complex system, a real miracle, because the body and the mind, everything, is a very delicate machine, but it's a perfect machine to the end. Unfortunately, we have an expiration date, but this is another speech. <laughs> I think that all the beautiful things must have a start and an end. Eternity is not for the man, maybe for the soul. Everybody hope this. I am not talking about religion, I am talking about spirituality, that is different. But to the end, the few years that we have on this world must, be, must I think, be used to be happy in some way, and to give happiness to the others. Because with this little, huge gift, we are nothing. Mm. Yes, with the time that we have on this earth, for us to be happy and to find our gifts. And I love that reference to the heart, oftentimes overlooked from the mind and the body. We do know in trauma, this incredible mind-body connection now it's also been said that our heart is a stronger brain than the cognitive brain. Yeah, exactly. 
we have a scientific proof of this. Because, you know, when you are happy, your body reacts in a way that is incredible. You can have a huge strength. You can have a, a production of hormones that are powerful one million times more than synthetic drugs. People try, you know, when there is the addiction problem because maybe you cannot control your pain and you take the painkiller, you turn addicted or you have a personal crisis, somebody starts to use bad things to treat it. But no, if you learn how to find your way to produce your, inside your body, yourself, the substances, the chemical substance that you need, that thing will solve everything. It is not an utopia, totally not an utopia. It's only the way to understand who you are. We back to the original speech. We pass our life to understand who we are. But like I say always to my students, if you watch in the mirror and you find that the person that is in front of you, to the end, you can stand it. It's not so bad in that way. It's the first step to be healed in every sense. If you have trauma to treat, of course, with the help of a professional one, in my opinion, is better because first of all, you have to recognize where it comes from the trauma. Okay? Because when you start to feel bad and you don't know, you need the help from somebody, external, anyway. What kind of treatment that you want to choose? This is not advertising to psychotherapy or <laughs> only music therapy. There are so many ways. Hmm? But one time that you understand why you are acting in that way, you are behaving that way, you feel in that way, this is the first step. To, to conclude, I give you a little jokes that we have in the academic environment. How many psychologists you need to change a lamp, a broken lamp? Nobody, because if the lamp don't choose to change, cannot be changed. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. A stupid thing, but it's real. <laughs> Indeed. You know, this notion that we all will need to decide for ourselves and that we don't have to do it by ourselves, however, but this quality of finding whatever it is out there that provides happiness to us. How is it that you take that philosophy and marry it with your incredible music background that you have had since you've been a baby in your mother's utero all the way through to being the man that you are now? How do you marry that philosophy with music right now? I uh, had a path, a really long, long way to, to go when I was young, because uh, when I started my career like a piano concertist, I was really successful. Uh, suddenly I found myself on the magazines. I was for close to five years the resident pianist of the London Philharmonic Orchestra, a, a huge ensemble with different managers, uh, and like a rock star life in the classical side. But at a certain point, I felt myself really unuseful. You know, I say, wow, you was lucky in that way, how can be? Because what was not enough for me to play beautifully Chopin or Mozart, and to the end, I have people that clap their hands. Then, what you did? You gave some happiness, but was, first of all, not your music. And that's me, maybe, maybe can be from my family. Because anyway, my father was my best friend, my idol, my mentor was everything for me. It's not like a revenge, you know, some, somebody can have a revenge on the family. For me, no, I was not obliged to follow him. But I start to thought that maybe 
I can compose bad music, but it's my music. It's not the music of the others. And I start to have a turning point. But I had to say thank you, really thank you, to one my old professor that was in the conservatory, that I was confessing this feeling. I felt guilty, I tell you the truth, because I was really in a lucky position. He said to me, Angelo, you are, I thank you that you told me this. You know what is music therapy? I said, what is this word, music therapy? Yeah, it's a psychological treatment, psychotherapy. How can be? I didn't study anything. I, I know music makes me happy or sad, I know, but no, no, come with me. <laughs> You're taking me on the university. Say, you must be brave because you have to restart everything. Bachelor's degree, master's, deep studying, researches, PhD, what you want, but it's a new, new way to use the music. And in the, that moment for me was light because I never confessed to anybody mm. that my passion could be to be a doctor, a physician, but it was too late, of course, to do that. And uh, when I discovered the music therapy, <laughs> the first day in the university, the professor to the freshman you know, say, who come from conservatory? We raised the hand, me, other three or four people. I say, wow, I studied 15 years. I say, I say okay, forget everything. What? <laughs> Forget everything. We use the music in another way. You take, can take a guitar, turn the guitar and use it like a percussion to help your patient if is needed. You had to restart from scratch. And I said, okay, let's do this thing. Let's we see. <laughs> and it was the start of all. Because to the end, when I saw the first example of patient treated by my internship with the real professors at that time, I said, no, no, no. I must do this. What was it that, as you say, you must do that? This comes from my father too. One day he told me, we have a gift. You don't know what gift you have. It's not about that you're a musician. I mean, I am a musician. Other people are other gifts. But this gift must be shared with the others. Mm -hmm. If not, it's a waste. It's a waste. He was a philosopher mm -hmm. from this point of view. Say, don't waste your gift. Find your gift and give. Give, because giving what you will have back is one million times superior or what you can do. You, one day you will recognize it. That is what I say to my students every day. Your gift will back to you one million times if you give. Mm -hmm. Find your gift and give it back to the world. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, you have also done that in your book, Music Therapy. Let's talk about that book. There are so many books about music therapy in the market or the publishing, but the problem is that they are too academic. Uh, or you are studying really in the university, uh, textbooks, um, codes, uh, technical uh, kind of examples, writing, are too much for a person that is outside the field. I did for the same reason that I told you before. I want that the world understand. This book can be read by everyone. There are uh, no, totally no problems. It's written in the most simple way possible to make everybody understand how to use themselves, the music, not to be a professional, but maybe reading through the pages, say, oh, okay, this I can do for me. Start to experiment, and it's a, a little bit of self-treatment too inside. There are uh, treatments inside the, all the philosophies, all the models that are explored, but brought in a way that is 
like um, not a novel, but something that can be interesting in a way that is a technical book, yes, an academic book, yes, but it's a book that you can buy from the newspaper magazine store too. I love that about it, that it's this easy to read way, you know, to understand what music therapy is and what it does for those on their own healing journeys. Could you share with our listeners some of the ways that you have illustrated in the book to understand what music therapy is and does? Yes, um, we should listen now from uh, composition. Now, mm, would you like, would you play for us a composition? <laughs> uh, uh, we will share on YouTube because in this moment I am not close to my instruments. Anyway, uh, there are two different ways we, we can listen to. They are so good, I think. One is something that uh, is in my collection of cinematics because it's connected to the images. You can listen to this kind of music and feel yourself, uh, we can say, regenerate. Mm? This is a part of a collection uh, of uh, music based on uh, specific scales, tones, and pitches made to up your mood. Mm? Mm, so the actual specific tones yeah. are purposeful for being uplifting, to lift yeah. up your mood. Exactly, thank you. Um, through scales, through tones, through, through a specific melody, a background melody, don't go too technical, to don't go in that direction. My uh, suggestion is only listen and try to feel the ascension of the feelings. So you're willing to share with us now a piece of your work. And might we, is there anything you would be recommending if we were with you in person as we're doing our best to be through this medium that you'd like for us to do? Do we take deep breaths? Do we close our eyes? Is there anything you'd like for us to do as we prepare ourselves to listen? My suggestion is only one. Take a look at the images. Try to make the music flow inside you. No breathing a different way. Uh, not relaxing too much. Stay in the position that you are comfortable. Maybe sit down, standing up where you want. But more just be, whatever you're doing right now, continue doing exactly. that. Exactly. This don't need a lot of focus, okay? Because it's made to amplify your perception through images and through a normal kind of listening. Mm -hmm. So I could imagine that I am outside my office taking a walk down the street and I hear this music. It may be that if you are on the bicycle or you are uh, walking, this music makes you the wish to go faster. Because it's something that gives energy, <laughs> really. Yeah. For this, the contraindication is, okay, watch your road, okay? <laughs> watch your way, maybe a traffic light, <laughs> something like that. I, it's not so long. Because it's like a shot. You need an energy shot, a little bit, not too high. Let's go to see. Thank you.
Mm. Thank you. Okay, here we are. <laughs> That's can be considered a little bit of epic music. Because this can a, li- a little bit of epic, epic music? Yes, because in, in, normally in the soundtracks you can find this when you have a fantasy movie, maybe clutch of armies, you know, heroes. I mean, in other words, it makes you feel very big and expansive. Did you compose that, Angelo? Yeah, I wrote everything. Uh, what you listen is coming from me. is a real orchestra, the strings orchestra. I played personally the piano and the synthesizer, and uh, it was a big effort, but always I try to compose when it's not totally synthetic sounds, with, not with the computer, but with the real things in the old style. I'm glad you had the teacher that you had to take you from the gift that you were given, that you discovered into the world of music therapy. Now, how might you use that piece that you just shared with us for music therapy with your patients and clients? Yes, for example, this is a good question, thank you. You have a client that is maybe a young adult manager, stressed, that has to recover the sleeping time. You should think, okay, now relaxation music before to sleep, that is the second part, the second part of the therapy. The first part of your um, treatment is to start to recover your um, balance. And when you are too low, like mood, like balance, you have to use something that up you, take you, lift you up. Hmm? This kind of music could be a good start because without talking, therapy is 98% not verbal at all. For this reason, it's uh, international. It's without borders because you can be a Russian people, I can be an Australian person, and we can communicate through the music the same way. Who are the people who come to you, Angelo, for music therapy? Can you give us an idea of their profile, if you will, or backgrounds or, and why they come? My clients are often, if they are uh, uh, advised to come to a music therapist, they are, I tell you, with the last hope. <laughs> because we are just still so, so like magicians, like something strange. That is totally the hope. Not mainstream. Many medical people wouldn't know about music therapy. Yeah. This is another reason why I wrote the book too, huh? to advocate the thing because people think that, okay, well, we go there, we listen to some music and <laughs> it's not that, of course. But sometimes happen <laughs> this. I can go to a great concert and cure myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes say I pay it too much to a concert, okay? <laughs> First of all, if you go to listen Lang Lang, you pay very bad, more than my sessions, okay? <laughs> but anyway, outside the jokes. 90% of the cases are somebody to me that was um, advised by another doctor. When there is a neurological problem from the Alzheimer, Parkinson disease to the PTSD, they arrive just informed, uh, very, very um, uh, focused on what they will do. So it would be Alzheimer's, yeah. Parkinson's, uh, people with PTSD, uh, so, the, so neurological if you will, disturbances mm-hmm. for, for people who are, who are healthy and normal, but something has happened then to Maybe the Maybe a stroke brain. too, the rehabilitation um, uh, moment, yeah. 
Yeah, we can treat very well it. It means, to give you a practical example, the persons that have a, a neurological disease like Alzheimer's or Parkinson, unfortunately cannot be saved, okay? But they can stay with us more, much longer, and uh, with a big reduction on the medicines. We are a complementary therapy anyway. We are not a substitution of the medicines. I have to say this for honesty because it's real. If I have a patient to me, maybe, with a prognosis, only six months of life, and this example has come from the reality, and it's true, with a, use, a huge, a massive use of medicines, that person can stay with me several years, reducing the medicines by 70%. is exactly what is happening with somebody that is still alive, thank you to God. But the only thing that we can do in this case is to take by hand the person and accompany there. But I repeat, mm. for much, much more time and uh, in a more healthy way, less medicines, it means less problem on the liver, on the kidneys, on the absorption yes, of yes, the chemical less substance. Medications, yeah. longer life, less stress on the organs. You know, I'm reminded of my own mother with uh, late stages of Alzheimer's and before she was in late stage, we relied on music and we would sing to her each, I have four siblings, the five of us would divvy up uh, the days of the week so we could all talk and be with her and we would sing and it was just amazing and we were of, or at least I was of the opinion, I think my siblings were as well, that it was such a good thing because it was so connecting for us. We thought we might be increasing her brain activity in a way that could prolong her life. And what I, what I think now and looking back, uh, she's still living, but she has no outward indication that she is receiving music, but she might still be. But it was at the time so pleasurable for her. Anyway, music is pleasure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You can do it yeah. instinctively without technical notions. Anyway, it's something that don't is bad. I have personally a program that is based more on the neurological music therapy, that it means restart to have a pitch, restart to have a rhythm, restart to have a motor skills. You can restart to move your body. You have an example of a of a score that you might use for someone with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's? Yeah, I have something better because the score, not from me, I tell you honestly, we use everything, but the exercise is something incredible because this is a seminar that I did here in the center of Atlanta for a big facility. It's a neurological music therapy. It means mirroring of what I do, like a conductor with the orchestra, focusing only on the rhythm of the music. And you will see that the patient slowly starts do exactly what I do in right time. So this will be a music score that you would compose or use for someone with a neurological deficit, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, for healing. This is a seminar, but can be the same thing in the part of the treatment. The conductor is the therapist that shows you some movements with your arms and your fingers in this case. It can be the arms to the, the legs. In this case, are arms and fingers, very slow to follow. The composition is from Jan Thiersen, French composer, from the 
the movie The Fantastic World of Amelie is competent to me, it's very famous. When you listen to the piano start, sometimes I play on my own, but in this case, of course, I need the background music to do the exercise to show. It's a short video, very short, but uh, believe me, you will like it so much because follow what did the, the person that recorded with the telephone, sometimes on the right side of your screen, you will see an, um, an old man, one of the patients, that to the start only smiling, because he has to understand uh, at the level of instinct, analogical way, no? not logical way, what is happening. And then he synchronizes the movements with the others. Very easy. It's three minutes, but can make you really understand. Okay? And for listeners who will not have the benefit of the visual, it's helpful to hear you just illustrate it for us so we can use our imaginations. Okay. Um, and I would imagine, and I'd be curious, and I offer this to our listeners as we listen in for three minutes of a score without the visual to see the impact on you. Yeah. I give you uh, the description in a way that you should do it on your own without watching this video. Okay? This composition is very stable. The rhythm is not fast at all. And every moment that the melody change, you can start imagining, imagining the movements of the conductor in the orchestra, you see, with a stick now. One, two, three, four, the conductors move the sticks, no? In this way. You can start to do little circles with your hands, big circles with your arms, then moving the hands in a way like when you clap your hands, to match your hands, turn left, Turn right, up and down, very, very simple movements, but synchronized with the rhythm and with your mind, totally focused on the music, not on what you do, because this is analogical, I repeat, totally without rational thoughts. Okay? I think that is a little described. <laughs> Let's go to see the video. Let's do it, yeah. <laughs>
Powerful. Yes, just to see how the body responds to music. Angelo, working with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, PTSD, autism, what has drawn you to working with these groups of wonderful people who have had their lives changed for one reason or another? The feeling is always like you have to, to find that person that is in the dark room. I think that um, we have to open that door, enter inside with a little torchlight, find the person, take my hands, slowly take off to the light, to the other part of the, the outside. That's the thing that um, gives me the best satisfaction because I know that inside us, there is the real person. There was a painter, I don't remember the painter, but was one of the things that uh, inspired me more. There are two um, elders with the cane walking in the front. In the background, the shadows are two young people. The, the woman is a dancer and the man is a singer. That is real because we are the person in the middle of our life. We are still the newborn baby, when we turn old, we are the old person, but we are the person that married too, maybe, or the soldier that back from the war to his family, not like the famous sailor that kissed the, the nurse in the famous picture of the Second World War. No? Something like that. We are all of this. And time is something that is real. It's like a, a level A that takes off everything, a sponge that cleans up everything. But inside that everything, there is our history that is made by little grains, every little piece. And back in to the holistic way, when discovering the boson of Higgins, they discovered that the smallest part of the, the life is not matter, is light, is energy. Wait, 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 say that again. When discovering the what? You know, the boson of Higgins is the smallest part of the matter that can stay with the entangle, they call it in this way, in the two places in the same moment, because it's not solid matter, it's light, it's vibration, and this is physics, this is science, it's not something strange, new age, philosophy, no. No, it's, it's, qu it's quantum physics. It's quantum physics, exactly. It's proven, this thing. What oh. means? It means that our real essence, that we can call soul, of course, but it's scientific essence is made by energy and not by matter. It means that there is a common energy, there is a universal energy, there is a hope for when we close our eyes to the end. That is the most important thing. Beautiful. I'm wondering with this understanding that we are more than matter, that we're energy, if you might share some success stories or inspiring examples of individuals who have benefited from your music therapy on their own healing journeys. When I was really young, in my internship, I found a, a child that was maybe five or six years old, only screaming with a bad part of the autism. It means that noise that I described to you before, 
very high with the mom totally destroyed and my professor was the the practitioner the therapist to him i taken the boy because it was a boy in the middle school when my professor retired and i was a young professional then after my graduation to treat him now you know he's a professor of physics in the university of boston i have to go to meet him finally because we was in rome in europe with his family and then he back in america and when i received it maybe 12 years ago that letter with the his signature. I said, I know this name, but I didn't remember anything too many years. He wrote to me, I owe my career, my personal life to you. Married, two sons, professor of physics. When, when he had been a, a baby, a small child, with a lot of uh, disturbances of some variety, and your music therapy calmed him? Is that what happened and, or evened him out? What was it? Uh, well, he was diagnosed with the autism spectrum and Asperger. You know, the Asperger now in the DSM-4 and 5, I think now. Asperger's. Classed by the autism spectrum because they are genius. They are somebody with a plus, not a minus. Okay. But in this period, in that period, sorry, was treated like a disease. And before to find the real communication channel to make the baby in that moment start to talk, to breathe correctly with the speech therapists, all the other behavioral therapists, a lot of treatment was really difficult. My professor found the key with the Nord of Robbins. When I treated the boy, he was just in the middle school talking a little bit. But I recognized that that was a genius immediately because, for example, I am totally the opposite of a math professor. For me, numbers are only music. <laughs> I am really on the side of literature, the other things, <laughs> not, not, not that kind of science. And I saw him with the homeworks was another level. The mom told me he cannot express so much, but he should be in the university, not in the middle school. With the second level you know, um, geometry, um, something I cannot describe now, but I remember. Which is very advanced in his cognitive capacity on one hand, but very delayed or just non-existent. Well, only no communication. Only, only communication. communication. We worked a lot together. When he left Italy, he was in the second part of the high school, but he was talking normally with me just in that moment, say, a professor, when uh, I don't feel well, uh, what I had to do, I gave playlists. And I remember he was a fan of the Oasis, imagine, <laughs> in the field of the Oasis, no? the, the, the English band of pop, normal pop music, you know. And then following therapy, following therapy, and when I received that email, it was, wow. And now he don't know that, uh, that I live in the USA too, and one day I will give a surprise. I want to go. I'm thinking of turning a page here to talk with you about how all of us are on a trauma healing journey. You know, we, it's hard to live a life for very long without experiencing some loss, but deep loss, whether it's parents divorcing or a loved one passing away or divorce or loss of a job or home or some type of uprootedness or 
shame or gosh, intergenerational trauma handed down to us in our DNA or collective trauma, what we've just all been in with the pandemic, what we witness in wars that are elsewhere but touch us deeply. It's hard to live a life without experiencing trauma. What what do you think about your work as a wellness expert as it relates to some practical strategies or techniques you might recommend? Everyone has the PTSD in some way. Oh, if we can call PTSD an outcome of a trauma, we are all traumatized oh. for a, a sense or another. And the key is, first of all, recognize what happened, like I said. Second, recognize that we are different now. We work on a transformation that is maybe crystallized in our mind, like feelings. Of course, it's different if you come from a war zone or if you have a divorced parents, okay? But the pain cannot be mm, described in different way. The pain is personal. It's something that for me is nothing, for you could be huge. Mm. One time that we discovered what is happening is about the therapist to give you the right way to watch it on the bad eyes of the demon and defeat it in the sense that the life goes on. We have to change our approach in general to the life. Because sometimes people remain, this is a long speech, but sometimes people remain attached to the pain. Because the pain is something that is new, huh? it's common for you, it's something that you are used to live. And uh, take off the pain, leave the pain on the back is not easy. But when, through our treatments, our our journey, I can say, because the therapist is somebody that takes you by hand, you go together on a journey. When the journey arrives in a point in a point that you can really turn back and watch the thing that you passed, the, the bad bad experience that you had from far, you are healed. And you don't recognize sometimes, you know. Sometimes you can recognize that you are healing only because a little little thing happened. Uh, you are not scared anymore to stay on the line for a, to a cashier in the supermarket. You have anymore the panic attack when you are in the traffic. Yes. Right, where all of a sudden you just realize it's the small things like, oh my gosh, I don't do that anymore. That thing arrives slow, yeah. drop by drop to have a river of emotions. Finally, you have any more nightmares is big to understand. But imagine, you are to pay your breakfast in a small, a small uh, pause in your work. And uh, your coffee falls down and you don't panic anymore. You can laugh about yeah. it. Or, or get uh, very highly reactive. Right, where, yeah. where you don't. You stay, stay centered. Are you familiar with hemisync as it relates to sound waves? Hemisync? No. Explain me better. Uh, Hemisync, it's a, it's a series of compositions through sound, so different notes and tones, and they mm-hmm. allow the brain to get into an alpha state, which would be mm-hmm. the same state that we're in when we're dreaming. And it then allows yeah. us to 
be able to, in terms of imagination or truly from a, a spiritual perspective, to feel more communion with, with the divine, with God, with something much larger than we. And for scientists and artists um, and a number of people, and even, uh, gosh, mediums, it just allows a much ex- more expanded Mm-hmm. Uh, experience in the world but it's sound too yeah, yeah it is exactly the, um, the philosophy on the base of the GIM and the other methods yeah. and we have a lot of common spaces lots of common space with the other kind of therapy I am not surprised at all because uh, all work that we do to write music or to choose music that is based on the change in, of our brainwaves production yes is a to the end, we have a common, solid roots that are the use of the sound, that is. Yes, and from the, yeah. the time when we, as best we know, as humans, you know, walking yeah. on, on this earth where sound has been so much yeah. a part of our and DNA. It starts in the heartbeat of the mom, where we are in the womb. Yes. That is the first sound that we listen to. Yes. And for this reason, sometimes they say, no, if the mom has problems, uh, part of the production of the hormones, but the baby can be affected. Because we live together. Let's say this. Our first sound that we heard to is the same that will be the last sound. That will be heartbeat. Slowly we'll fall, fall down. Do you ever incorporate the sounds of nature or the heartbeat of a of a baby in the womb into any of your composition? Actually, we have um, a series about the deep sleeping that is developing uh, that is uh, made by the heartbeat variations and some physical instruments like the didgeridoo from the Australian original people because the didgeridoo offer a lot of kind of frequencies inside. And that the synchronization of the sound of nature in the sense of sound of the bodies too, with that kind of a natural instrument can be so much effective. It's a pity that is in developing and now I cannot expose you to anything. <laughs> but, but of course, yes, we have it. New, my, the application of my academy, that the, the name is TuneWell, you can find it online, nothing to download. The name is TuneWell.io. Is something that is full of these programs and is made to uh, let the people enjoy the self-therapy in some way. There is an assessment. Um, I don't want to advertise nothing now. But anyway, the answer is yes. And the answer is that we are going to that direction more and more because, uh, like I said, I prefer go natural more than the, the synthesizers or, or the synthetic sounds that are good for other reasons, of course, it's like that we, we are full of clothes and slowly we are taking off, mm. you know, layers by layers to arrive naked, <laughs> to end it comfortably. To the natural music. So that would be something as a resource for any of us to be able to incorporate music therapy into our daily lives by going to that yeah. website. Yes, it's a website. You can go on your mobile to the application. There is a lot or free material. If you want to subscribe with your email without paying anything, there is a lot of material. Then there are the other levels, of course, the pro levels, because uh, we we can uh, 
give you a special uh, assessment, like I said to the start, to understand your personal ISO, uh, provide uh, programs per totally personalized, sometimes uh, really composed on the moment, not uh, by an artificial intelligence, but by a person, uh, a real certified composer in, in therapeutic music, not only music therapy. And I think that that tool is a, a part of my help to the people because it's really, really affordable. It's something not, not with the big prices and it's something that, I repeat, on the free part is acceptable to use it too. Thank you. you know, I'm wondering, as we close, what's the next chapter for Angelo Molino? That is something that I am thinking about every day <laughs> because, you know, I wish to live 500 years to go forward, like I said, but we are limited. And what I can do now is give the maximum that I can to my students to have a next generation of professors. My academy has headquarters everywhere. We can say we are 14 headquarters in Europe, South America. Now one in Adelaide, finally. I have the Australia too. <laughs> and the USA. And my students, their future will be to be the local professors for the local people. And the next generation of practitioners and uh, therapists, but not only that. Somebody that can advocate autistic therapy to really do like uh, the evangelist no? for the Bible and the Gospels. Go popular to the people because music is a gift from heaven. Imagine when the men start to invent a way to organize the single sound in uh, the first flutes. No? The first instruments was bamboo flutes or bone flutes with the bones of the dead animals. I, I can't imagine that the first man that blowing inside that thing start to listen that is incredible and <laughs> the music is uh, for everyone it's a gift really thank you Angelo it's been such a pleasure having you keep in touch thank you bye thank you for joining us on this insightful journey through the world of music creativity and wellness Angelo gives us an inspiring example of how the expertise of one profession can transcend boundaries into the world of trauma healing. The sound beam has powerful uses. Angelo's compositions have touched the hearts and souls of listeners, transcending language and culture, weaving a tapestry of vibration to loosen emotions to further trauma healing the healing powers of sound. Don't forget to subscribe to Blink of an Eye podcast for future episodes featuring wise experts on trauma healing and remarkable individuals living with spinal cord injury in the Dear Louise series. Until next time, keep welcoming new insights and noticing shifts in your life. Embracing the connection between awareness, integration, and feeling alive and connected. You are so loved. Begin again and again. Sending love. Life can change in the blink of an eye. You've been listening to Blink of an Eye. 
We ask that you share this with anyone who may need inspiration, a lift, or who may relate. Never miss an episode. Subscribe to Blink of an Eye on our website, blinkofaneyepodcast.com, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.